Are we caffeinated up? Are we good? Hey, if you're visiting this morning, first of all, welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, you're going to see one of these either on the chair rack uh, in front of you or near you, next to you. Uh, love to have you fill that out and just you can slip in the offering if you want. And we just want to say hi and acknowledge that you are here. And thank you for visiting. Uh, next week, man, it's already the end of August, you guys. Fall is coming. I'm just saying. No, people don't like to hear that. People like their summer. I get it. It's just, it's almost done. So the end of summer means Jubilee Service Day. Uh, you guys, we've been talking about this forever, but it is next week. And so um, we know that there's some of you who are like, hey, I thought I couldn't make it, and then I canceled my plans or my vacation didn't happen, and so now you're open. And so we just want to say we've left the registrations open, and this is going to be the absolute last week, obviously, to sign up. And what's really cool is we got a video from Julia. She's the office manager at Jubilee and wanted to send us a quick video, so we're going to check that out. Hi everyone, Jubilee service is a day that I look forward to every year. The volunteers that come in to help really transform our school in such a short amount of time. We really appreciate all the volunteers that come in and help us get pumped up for the school year. This year, Stevenson Elementary gets to go back into our newly rebuilt school. Unfortunately, our staff and teachers don't have access to the building until five days before the start of school. So we can really use all the help that we can get. So sign up, Jubilee Day is August 25th, and we can't wait to have you all at our school. Bye. Yeah, so as she said, I don't know if you guys have driven past. I mean, it looks done, but it's not done, basically. And so uh, we, they're literally getting the keys five days. That would be the 25th, like probably the day that, that we, Friday. So Friday, the day before Jubilee Service Day, they get to walk into that building. Uh, it is the biggest elementary school in the district. And so for those of you who signed up, we're going to have a lot of work to do. And for those who haven't, we could use you. And so again, it's on the app. Um, I think you could probably just show up that day. If you're like, if you wake up and you're like, we have nothing to do, we'll take you. And so please come uh, see Chris or when you get there and she'll, she'll slot you in. And um, what's fun is afterwards, bring a lunch when you come because we're going to kind of hang out and celebrate and have lunch together as a group. And so uh, come and uh, bring your lunch and plan to join us for that. We really want to hang out with you. The next day, everyone pull out your bulletin, by the way. If it's in front of you, because you're going to want to see this. There's an announcement for worship in the park. That is downtown Bellevue. Uh, Kurt is really excited about the fountains. Be careful with your kids, because they are actual bodies of water in there. But we are not here, and it even says on the bottom of that, do not come here. If you come here, we love you, but you're going to be by yourself. And it's going to be super lonely. There's not going to be a band here. There's no speaker here. We are at Bellevue Park. So do not come here next week, right? <coughs> Everyone hears me. Do not come here. Don't call me, because you came here and you're super bummed. We're down at Bellevue Park. <laughs> so join us. It's churches from all over the area. Uh, you know, they get together and they celebrate what they did at Jubilee Service Day. They wor we worship together. We have a speaker, and it's going to be good. Uh, so that is everything I have. Justine is our uh, family speaker this morning. Are you ready? She's always ready. You're stoked. Hey, friends. How's it going? Um, so, who was here in, on Mother's Day? Who was here on Mother's Day? Do you remember that cool video I showed about the dog? Do you want to see it again? Okay. 
All right, guys, can we run that? <laughs> you just can't get enough of this he's video. He's a dog in every sense, yet in his soul, he's a wolf. Inside every dog lives a spiritual connection to his ancestors in the wild, and nothing connects them more than a desire for meat. So we created Blue Wilderness. It's made with more of the meat your dog loves. Feed the wolf that lives inside your dog with Blue Wilderness. Yeah, I love it. I love it, because here's the thing. Feed the wolf inside your dog. We are like constantly doing dog activities in our lives, right? Every day, all of the things that we do. But inside of us, we have a spirit self that's so alive and hungry. It's like the wolf inside us. We spend a lot of time feeding our dog self, but our wolf self is craving some real meat, right? So I feel like I want to play this every morning and be like, that's right, I'm a wolf. <laughs> Remember. <laughs> I remember seeing Dances with Wolves in Australia before I came here, and I was like, it's the coolest country ever. <laughs> Actually, babe, didn't we have Dances with Wolves as our wedding? Didn't we use the music from Dances with Wolves for our wedding? I think we walked down the aisle to it. I love it. Wolves, man. <laughs> So guys, I'm going to skip down to that other slide. Did you already do it for me? You're the best. Thank you. Um, you guys, I had this epiphany this week. You know when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Do you know who we're praying for? Us. It just dawned on me. We are his kingdom come. We are his will be done. It's us. We're his hands and feet, right? We are literally the body of Christ on this planet right now. So when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, get ready because you are praying for him to move through you. And you know, isn't it true? Like we walk this earth, wolves amongst dogs, <laughs> With the presence of God inside me, I am a literal taste of heaven on a world that is passing away. Now, I'm great, but meeting me will not change your life. I might make you laugh a little, but it won't like have a lasting impact. <laughs> but you meet the power of God inside of me. Game changer, right? I struggle in how to walk that out practically. Because I've had some like mountaintop experiences with the Lord, you know, where I feel really close to him and I do feel his power. But then I walk back out to the dog life that I have and I do all the dog things and I just, there's a bit of a disconnect. Has anyone else felt that way? It's like, how can I be this spiritual being but actually also still function? Because you have to eat food and use the bathroom. I mean, there's a lot of like earthy type things that we do. But the wolf inside is hungry for meat. So we're reading through um, Luke 23. And actually, guys, I picked this date with Kurt months ago. And then I got super mad with him because he knew that I was going to preach on this. Like we pre-talked about it because there's a, there's a 
passage of scripture that just like jumped out and grabbed me, right? So I was like, I definitely want to preach on that curtain. Here's what I'm going to preach on. And then a few weeks ago, he did my passage. I mean, and as soon as he started, I was like, that's my passage. Anyway, but he got done preaching and I went and I said to him, you know, should I still do it? Because you kind of took my passage. And, um, and he was like, man, what God spoke to you is totally different what God spoke to me because that's the body of Christ, right? So we're going to be in Luke 23 today. Yes, we've already been in Luke 23, and we're going to look at it again because God's super big. So, Right? Okay, Luke 23. You guys ready? Oh, you know what? Greg, thank you. The ushers have some cards to hand out because I didn't know where you would sit today, so I didn't want to like put a card out for you and you not sit with it. So we're going to hand out cards to everyone. And Zach, would you pray for the service? Is that okay? Father, we come before you in the powerful name of Jesus. And your word is living and active. Our prayer this morning is that you show up through the message that Justine has for us. We ask, Lord God, that the words that she conveys come from you. Father, we thank you that we all get to come and do this. We, we get to come and listen and be uh, equipped to move and, and operate in a way that, that only we can on, on this earth. And so your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, we just ask for your presence. We know that you do reside right, right here inside us. So we ask that the areas of the flesh that are in the way, we would be able to just peel them back, Lord. Take the scales back so that we can hear through spiritual ears and see through spiritual eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I really want every interaction that you have with me to be an interaction with the Holy Spirit. I really don't want my words to be a part of what I say to you. Not just right now, all the time, you know? And I want that so badly. I want, I want to say the right thing on Facebook. Like, I want to say God's things, not my stuff. You know what I mean? I don't want to be triggered by junk. I don't want to, like, walk into situations and, and lose my cool because it's me and what I think about stuff. I want to transcend that dog's stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, if we were to have the encounter of the Holy Spirit on this planet that we all contain, like, look at us. If we were the only ones on the planet that had the Spirit of God in us, powerful enough, right? I mean, if we were all actively empowered with the Holy Spirit and really functioning in it, I mean, imagine, think of the people you work with. Think of your neighbors. Think, you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is a thing. We should be wildfire. And I want that so much. So, I never know how to click this. I'm just going to be honest. It's a dog thing. All right. Luke 23. We're in the message today because it's... Um, it's such a fun translation. Has anyone ever read the message? It's just a fun translation. It's relaxed. It's like easy to read. Anyway, 
All right, realizing that he properly came under Herod's jurisdiction, so you know what's just happened. Jesus has been in the garden. He's been arrested. He's been brought before the high priest council, and then he was before Pilate, and here we are. Pilate passed the buck to Herod, who just happened to be in Jerusalem for a few days. You guys, Herod is the guy that killed John the Baptist, right? If Jesus had someone on the planet who knew who he was, it's John. First time that Jesus will meet Herod right now. Herod had built a big castle to honor himself on a a burial ground. So Jewish people didn't go there. So it's good that he's in the city right now because none of them would have gone with. But here we go, it's the whole entourage. The high priest, the council, they're all there. Herod was delighted when Jesus showed up. Me too, Herod. (laughs) This This is a great reaction to Jesus, right? If Jesus walked into this room physically right now, would we not be delighted he showed up? Yeah, Herod, I'm with you. He had wanted for a long time to see him. Remember, Herod had this infatuation with John the Baptist. Remember we studied this a few weeks ago. If you didn't hear Kurt preach on my passage, you should go back and listen to it. It was phenomenal. And, um, you know, he loved John the Baptist and was disturbed by him at the same time, and then had to kill him because he's a weak man, (laughs) and was tricked into it, right? That's what Kurt was sharing with us. And there were times when Herod wondered, is Jesus John? Like his spirit, is he back? Right, there's a passage that talks about that. So I think Herod was like doubly excited, yeah? He'd wanted to meet this guy for a long time. He'd heard so much about him. He hoped to see him do something spectacular. Another translation says he hoped he would do a miracle. Me too, Herod. (laughs) Like, I want that too. Anyone else? If Jesus walked in here right now, I would be like, I mean, I just feel like he would look at me and my migraines would be gone. (laughs) Right? I mean, this, this is a moment. I feel Herod's heart. He peppered him with questions. I would also do that. (laughs) I mean, it's Jesus in the flesh for the first time. And Jesus didn't answer, not one word. But the high priests and religious scholars were right there saying their piece, strident and shrill in their accusations. Yelling, screaming, Herod's excited. All of Herod's like weirdo thing that he went around. Herod was kind of a weirdo guy. You guys know that? He, he was indulging in all the things he could because he had power and unending funds. Okay, so he had all these people with him, and there's Jesus. Pandemonium, accusations. I mean, it was a circus. And there's Jesus. Nothing. Mightily offended, Herod turned on Jesus. I mean, it's hard when Jesus is silent to you, Right? when you hope for a miracle and he doesn't move. That's hard. His soldiers joined in, taunting and jeering. Then they dressed him up in an elaborate king costume. How horrible. 
Jesus still didn't say anything. He just let it happen and sent him back to Pilate. There's a lot in here we could talk about, but the speed bump for me is this. Jesus didn't answer, not one word. I find this really strange because just a little before this, Jesus answered Pilate, and just before that, he answered the high priest in the council. I mean, this is the same guy that flipped tables. He's a man of action. He's a man of words, right? Nothing. This is important for me because I'm a Jesus follower. I'm trying to imitate him. So I need to know what's going on here. (laughs) Because when do we say something and when do we stand silent? We need to know, right? When do we flip tables on Facebook and when do we just keep scrolling and not say anything? This is a big difference, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? When do you go and get involved with that chaotic thing at work and when do you just walk away? I mean, there's a lot of these, like, when do we do one and when do we do the other and I want to know why Jesus did this. You with me? Do you know Jesus even answered Satan in the desert? I mean, Jesus has spoken with some really despicable people, also Satan, and yet nothing for Herod. There are a lot of reasons why, so let's just think about some. You guys want to try this out with me? Let's brainstorm. Why would Jesus have not spoken? Yeah, so Isaiah 53, it says that he was brought before, um, I'm paraphrasing, brought before but didn't say a word, like a sheep to slaughter, didn't say a word. So was Jesus mindful in this moment? Isaiah 53 is about me, and I'm going to make sure it happens. What do you think? Well, that would mean we would never have to be silent because that's not about us. So that kind of works. Doesn't work for you, babe. Josh defaults to silence. I default to words. <laughs> it's just our default. <laughs> what else do you think? What else do you think could be going on? Pearls before swine. Herod didn't deserve it. It's good. Shawnee? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do we apply, no, I'm, not, I'm just going to, this is, we're not going to answer this question, but how would we apply that in life? How would we know what's in someone's heart? That's a bit judgy, but I like it. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to have to walk that out, but this is good points. Julie, who, who spoke over here? Do you think Jesus had no words? Or do you think he had like one million things he could have said? Was he (laughs) self-censoring? You know? I mean, it is the first time he met John's killer face-to-face. It's pretty prophetic too, right? Bill? Yeah. So all of the thoughts we have about why... That's what I feel like we need to land on. Because they're great thoughts, and I think they're all in play, right? 
They're all in play. Another one that I've actually heard is that, well, he flipped tables in the temple because that's defending God's kingdom, but he didn't say anything here because he doesn't ever defend himself. You know, things like that. I've heard that taught too. I don't actually see that in scripture though because Jesus defended himself quite a bit. I mean, he just did it with Pilate. So, But, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on. But when I'm in a situation, how do I sort through all of those things and come up with what I should do, the practical application of this? And, I mean, this is what Jesus said about it. I assure you the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son also does these things in the same way. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. So really, despite all of the great ideas that we have about why, there's really only one reason why. Father was silent. Jesus was silent. That's it. The good thing is, we just get to see that Jesus had been in the garden praying. And do you remember what he prayed? Not my will, but your will be done. We're getting to see that walked out right now. (laughs) What it tells us is Jesus had a will that may have been contrary to what the Father wanted. His will was, I don't really want to die. It's pretty painful. If there's any other way, is there any other way? But not my will, your will, God. So I imagine he's standing there dressed up in a king outfit saying, not my will, your will. I'd like to kill them all. Not my will, your will. I'd like to to scream out all kinds of things. Or, not my will, your will. I want to show them mercy. I want to heal them. I want to set them free. I mean, right? But Father was silent, so Jesus was silent. That's awesome. How do we see what Father is doing? (laughs) So this is the answer that doesn't actually help us. It would be way better if we could go, yeah, guys, so we defend the temple, but we don't defend ourselves. Wouldn't it be great if we had like a little plan in in advance, like a whole method that we understood? You know what I mean? Well, you don't ever share the gospel with people that don't deserve it. There's our plan. Like that's not, (laughs) there's no plan in place like that. The plan is we see what the Father is doing and we do it the same way. That's really hard. Things got harder and harder. Like, I haven't solved anything, have I? I've just made it worse. Pretty much, yeah. So, also, (laughs) does it dawn on you guys, like, when I think of empowered ministry, it always involves speaking. And in fact, in Luke um, 12, it says that the whole, don't worry about what to say, because the Holy Spirit will tell you in that very hour what to say. So we're promised God will tell us what to say. Turns out, sometimes the Holy Spirit may tell you to say, nada. Because <laughs> sometimes I feel like I need to be super active for Jesus. Like I see someone need, and I'm like, I should go pray for them and make sure they know which God I'm praying to. And double it up and be like, and God bless you. You know what I mean? <laughs> to really make sure it's clear to them what's going on. But did Father want me to do that? Or am I just like needing to proclaim him? Because I'm about action. I want to do things for God. And God says, don't do things for me. Do things with me. Watch what I'm doing and be a part of a bigger plan. So I asked our Father, (laughs) 
why are you showing us that he was silent? This is pretty rare in his life. We already talked about this, right? He's way more about speaking and action and standing up and proving people wrong, changing culture. So, Father, why was Jesus silent and why is it recorded in the words so we would know he was silent? And what he said to me was, I would like to have time with you. And I was like, that is not the question I asked you. I want to know why Jesus did the things he did, he, he did because I want to copy him, because I am imitating Christ. And Father said to me, and I would like to have time with you. I feel like this passage for us today is the Father saying, you don't know why Jesus did this? I would like to have time with you. When we have time with the Father, we get to know him, we can see what he's doing, and then we can do things the same way. It all comes back to relationship. There is no method, right? There's no checklist. There's no flip tables here, be silent there. We don't have it. What we have is a relationship with the creator of us. We like checklists and we like methods. And there are a lot of religions set up that way, so you can be clear that you've earned your place. Do these things, you will be fine. And we don't have that because that doesn't lead anywhere, right? So I have this friend named Heidi, and uh, she's actually a cousin of a friend of mine. And we see each other at family get-togethers. And I always beeline to go talk to her because I find her fascinating. She's really great. And so I'm always like, hey, let's have a little snack and, and chat. And then the time is up, and I'm like, got to go. And it's really cool. And then, but you know, It'll happen again. I'll get to see her in six to nine to 12 months. I mean, it just, you know, we have enough stuff in common, and it's great, and I really like her. So I was recently at a graduation party, and there she was, and I beeline, I talked to her the whole time. I mean, sorry if you were there. Uh, it's just Heidi and I. It's the only time I get with her. So, you know, and I, I made a joke, and I was like, Heidi, we've got to stop meeting like this, man. If we ever wanted to be actual friends, we should probably plan a coffee date. Ha, 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 ha. And then we talked. <laughs> She has a fascinating job, and I was like picking her brain about the things she's doing, and um, I love that stuff. I love organizational behavior. It just fascinates me, so I'm like, oh. And we get done. It's time to go, and she goes, so how about that coffee date? Oh, we had coffee. We got together. It was fascinating. I loved it. This extended amount of time with her, we, di we discovered that we, are s we have so much in common like the paths of our lives and some things that we've been dealing with, it, it's, it's great. I found, like, a kindred heart, you know? It's great. And so we got done with that coffee, and we're like, you want to do it again? Yeah, so we have another coffee on the books. I'm super excited. I don't have to wait for uh, another thing to bump into her, you know? Just wondering how often we treat God this way. I bump into God on Sundays. It's fantastic. We have a little chat, and then I'm like... See you next time. It's just a bump-in friendship. It's not an actual relationship, right? We bump into him at a worship night, or we bump into him during a conversation with friends, or we bump into him in a book that we're reading, or we bump into him. Do you know what I'm saying? We just bump into him, and we're like, oh, God, he's so great. See ya. Not actual friend. More of an acquaintance. But we have great time when we're together. But we're not actually friends. You know what I'm saying? I also have friends scattered all across the planet, 
and um, dear friends, like the people that you've got a lot of water under the bridge with, you know what I'm saying? You know those people that you get together with and you're like, you just pick right up where you left off. Like no time has passed. Anyone else? Yeah, I love those people. They're so awesome. And I love like going through the old memories and, and making new ones and it's so fantastic. But you guys, those people don't have an impact on my life. The people who are actually impacting my life are the ones I see regularly. The ones I'm talking to and I pick up their annoying catchphrases, you know? We rub up against each other and we like make each other mad and and we have misunderstandings and we work things out and those are the ones that are changing my life. And how do we treat God? Because here's the thing, you can pick up where you left off with Yahweh anytime. Nothing changes your relationship with him. It's so good. But he will not change you if it's just this friend that you catch up with, right? The most regular friend I have in my life is my husband, Josh. We've been married 19 years in like a week, right? We should do something about that. Yeah, we should. Um, Actually, Chris Maddox is going to take my kids. Right, Chris? Yes. She already agreed to it. I'm so excited. Um, so, you know, Josh and I live in the same house. We share a room, uh, we share a bed, and we share chores. So we like to say we have a two-butt kitchen. So we cook together, and it's like this dance, whoop, coming through. Do you know what I mean? Anyone else two-butt kitchen? Anyone else cook? Or maybe you've got a roommate that you do that with. You're like, I'll cook over here, you do your thing, and you, right? We do chores like, um, well, you don't really do laundry, that's kind of me. But you do other stuff. You mow the lawn, yeah. And we take care of stuff. We have three kids, we do a lot of like, a lot of kids stuff, because they're still quite small. Um, You know, and we do a lot of that, right babe? And we get the kids down at night, and then we have time to like binge on Netflix, or we both have laptops and we both have a lot of work to do, and so sometimes we just work side by side, until I literally say to him, I cannot keep my eyes open anymore. (laughs) Like, I have to go to bed. And then he says, I was waiting for you. No, I was waiting for you. We always say that. I was waiting for you to be done. I was waiting for you to be done. You guys, there can be days, there can be weeks that roll on by, even though we're sharing life every day, where we haven't actually stopped and looked at each other in the face. Anyone else? It's like, oh, man, life is crazy. So here's what we did. We put on our schedule three times a week to have date night. So date night is us getting the kids to bed and then us sitting on the couch and actually interacting. So it's not like going out or anything. It's just literally there and not Netflix, right? It's like, that's what that is. And so we have it on the calendar. And it, we realized this week, as, we were, as I was talking about this, I'm like, it's not on our calendar anymore. It's like it ran out. You know, you set a thing and it just expires. But... We needed to have it on our calendar because life is just super full. And here's the thing with God. We can do a lot of stuff with him. We can two-butt kitchen with God, right? We can do all kinds of busy work. We can share, um, you know, share the workload and we can do ministry together with the Lord and never actually turn and look at him in the eye. And days, months, years can go by and you have a working relationship, not a love relationship. I mean. So um, when I was uh, <laughs> when I was prepping this, 
I, and God said to me, I want to have time with you. Like, I never get to say that to people unless I have to, I have to work it out in my own life first, okay? So here's what happened with me. Uh, you guys know I was, I've been sick. It's about four years of sickness. And during that time, I was having crazy migraines almost daily, and it really impacted my brain. And I'm different now. Um, my, I'm recovering, and I am way better, right, friends that know me? Like, I'm not in bed anymore. It's, it's awesome. But my brain's not quite right, you know? And it's really affected how I relate to God. I feel disconnected from him. It's harder for me to hear his voice, and it's sad. Um, it's harder for me to read the Bible. Um, it, it doesn't make as much sense to me as it used to. Something's happened in my brain, okay? So I heard him loud and clear, I want to have time with you. And I realized that I was no longer reading my Bible every night before bed like I had been for many, 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 many years. Because I'm 43 and I met Jesus when I was about three. So I've been walking with him a very long time. But he... I, <laughs> Being sick, I didn't have any ability to talk to him or think about him. I mean, I prayed over myself scriptures when I could, and, you know, I was connected with him as much as I could, but it was more of a desperation thing than a relationship thing. And I realized when God said, I want to have time with you, that I needed to get my butt into gear. Because I scheduled a coffee with Heidi, and I schedule date nights with my husband but I don't have anything on my schedule about God, except Sunday. Every Sunday we have on our calendar, we come to church on Sundays. And so I, I thought about it. Okay, I have a problem. <laughs> I'm not treating God right. And so I, um, here's what I did. First of all, uh, my eyes are way weaker than they were. And so I had to go up in point size on my Bible. So I used to have a little Bible, and it was, it's so good. I love that Bible. I can't read it anymore. <laughs> it, like, hurts my brain. Anyone else, you've got, like, the eyes. You're like, I need large print. So I have a new Bible, friends. I, I went and got it because I was like, you know what? I need to invest in a Bible I can actually read. And I chose a translation that I knew my brain could enjoy. Okay, and so I've got fresh pages. Who loves a fresh Bible when you get to underline all the things you love all over again? Oh, it's the best. So that's where I am, and I'm, and I'm reading through. And here's the other thing I did. Nights don't work for me anymore. So I had to flip things around. So now I read my Bible at 8 a.m. every morning. The alarm goes off to remind me, and some days, thank Jesus, we're still asleep. It's very rare. Most days, I'm in the pandemonium of life, and I literally, it comes up on my phone, it's an alarm that sounds, and I walk away. Mom is going to read the Bible, work it out, and they do, it's awesome. And I go into my room, so I used to sit by a window because I love looking at trees, but my kids distract me there, so I've changed where I read my Bible now, it's in my room. Okay, so I've done all these things, because I want to do anything I can to build a relationship with God right? Any tool I can. I don't care. I'll use it. <laughs> like, if it's going to help me, I will do it. As I was describing this to a friend, she pulled a funny face, and she was like, it just doesn't feel very authentic. Scheduling time with God, right? It doesn't feel authentic. It feels kind of like religious and scheduled, 
I mean, wouldn't we love our, all of our relationships to be like <laughs> spontaneous, romantic, you know, fate brings you together? Like, wouldn't we love that? It's like, oh, I love spending time with God. I worship him and I raise my hands because I feel like it. Like, no, I don't usually ever feel like it. I do it out of requirement to myself, and that just, that just feels, uh, what, stale, religious, empty. Anyone else feeling that kind of like, oh, 8 a.m., here I go, read my Bible, excellent, whatever. You guys, scheduling time with God does not make it inauthentic. It says that it is important to me, okay? Scheduling a night with my husband to look him in the eyeballs, that doesn't mean it's not genuine, I actually may be super exhausted and don't want to, but, you know, you look into his baby blues, everything's better. <laughs> Sometimes spending time with God is going to feel awkward and not very great. You may read a whole passage and go, I don't get it. You might. But then the next day you try again and read the next passage. <laughs> like, I'm not going to have one awkward date night with my husband and then be like, I'm out. Like, it wasn't worth it to me. <laughs> You know what I mean? My, my coffee with Heidi could have been super awkward. Could have been. We don't know each other at all. We've actually known each other for like, I think she's been here for like 16 years that I've known her. <laughs> but we don't know each other. But we didn't let it be awkward and we're trying again, right? We're going to develop a friendship over time. So, We are not his kids if we're not spending time with him in relationship. That's the truth, isn't it? We can say we're Christians and we can say we love God, but if we're not actually turning to face him and spend time with him, it's not real. So we're heading into fall, and I just wonder if it's time to do a makeover on your relationship with the Lord. You may have been walking with the Lord for 19 years, like Josh and I have been married. You may have this great relationship with the Lord, but you might have just gotten into like the chores and the stuff, and maybe it's time to rejigger things. Maybe it's time to pick up a new translation. Man, what an amazing opportunity that we even live in a country where you could say that. <laughs> you don't even have to leave your house. You could order it on Amazon. I mean, it's crazy. Prime. You could have it here in an hour. That's amazing, right? We should take that opportunity. Maybe you need to flip time of day. Maybe you need to increase font size. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it can be hard to digest the Bible. Why not take it verse by verse by verse? Grab the Psalms and read a line. And then tell God, I don't really know what that means and then do it again the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and I'm telling you, over time, that will change. Even my sick, damaged brain <laughs> is learning to hear him again. It just takes time in the word, right? It just takes time in prayer. True? Truth? Truth. Okay. Um, I was thinking about, like, do you need a coffee date with Jesus? Maybe you do. Do you need a weekend away with him? Have you ever done that? If you love nature, if you love going to the beach, if you love doing anything like that, what if you and Jesus went away for a weekend? 
Now it sounds weird, right? But it's a thing. Like, this is actually a thing you could do. Maybe your soul needs that. Maybe the wolf inside you needs a getaway. Maybe you need to schedule daily time with God. Maybe you need to trust him with your heart that it won't be religious and stale. Now, if it does get religious and stale, mix it up. (laughs) Change the time of day. Go for a coffee with Jesus. Change your translation. But do anything to hold on to it. What do you think? Okay. So we're heading into the fall. It's a great time to rejigger things, right? I mean, once we survive the heat of the next three weeks. (laughs) It's kind of hot. It's not hot, Rich. No. No. We live here for reasons. This is not our weather, right, people? This is not our, this is not our weather. Yeah. Have a pumpkin spice latte with Jesus. Um, scheduling time with God doesn't mean it's inauthentic. It means it's important to me. That's what we're focusing on today. So here's what I want you to consider. Is it time to rejigger things? You guys have cards that were handed out to you, and there should be a pens around. If you need a pen, you don't have one, you can raise your hands. We have this awesome usher team that loves to help resource people. We're going to take a few minutes to talk to God and work out a plan. Let's leave this room today with an action plan for developing our relationship with God. Is that okay? Are you in for this? Let's not go another day not connected with our life source. The wolf inside you needs this. The dog does not want it. <laughs> I was about to say, put the dog down. That's not what I meant. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what I meant, but it's what came into my brain. And apparently I'm not filtering right now because I said it out loud. Feed the wolf inside, right? When people encounter you, they can get a taste of heaven on this planet if you're full of his presence and love and power. If not, they will encounter you. (laughs) And as wonderful as you are, without him, you're not life-changing, right? We were made to contain him. We are jars built to hold his presence. So we're going to take a few minutes. Pam, I don't know if you want to come up or Heather, whoever can play us some music, grab that card, and here's what you want to ask. Feel free to write that down if you need to, if you like uh, visual reminders of things. You can write down any of this. I wanted to tell you about, um, oh yeah, tell a friend for accountability. If you're somebody who's externally motivated and you need external accountability, text a friend right now and be like, dude, I'm totally doing daily time with God and I want you to ask me about it. If that will help you, use that tool. Did you say threefold? Under your breath, threefold. Um, and there are great reading guides. You know, like Sam, we have a soap where you read a scripture and um, kind of journal about it. So we have a soap guide. Um, it's on our app, so you can access that anytime. There are some other great apps. Read Scripture is an excellent app, including video. So if you're a visual learner and you want to learn things in a creative way, download the Read Scripture app. Excellent, and stay tuned for something exciting coming this fall, right, Zach? He Reads Truth and She Reads Truth is another great online resource. Um, If you're a lady, First Five 
is a great, um, I mean, men can do it too, but there's always pictures of ladies on it, so it could be awkward. (laughs) He reads truth, guys. Download He Reads Truth. Just whatever it's going to take to move you into a deeper relationship with God, let's take this moment. Father, show us how to connect with you. Father, we want to be like Jesus. We want to see what you're doing and we want to do the same thing. God, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would inspire. Bring to our minds the things that will help each of us uniquely to walk with you better. you have a plan in mind and you feel like yeah that's gonna be good for me take an action step right now pull out your phone and schedule that daily reminder alarm or text that friend that you want accountability from or download the app whatever you're thinking yeah that's gonna work for me get it set up now take the time we have some time Let's take communion together. Reach down in front and you'll find your little cups. You know, be inspired by what Jesus did. As often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-the-way places for prayer. If Jesus needed that, we need that. (laughs) Right?
And Jesus broke the bread and said, This is my body, broken for you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you chose Father's will and not your own will and that you died for us. That you gave your body to be the sacrifice that would set us free. God, we accept your body because we are your body. We are your hands and feet, Lord. And we eat this and we say to you, use me. I am yours, God. And then he took a cup of wine and he said, this is my blood poured out for you. Jesus' blood washes it all clean. We start over every day new. Such great news, isn't it? Jesus, we take this cup. We take your blood that washes us clean. Thank you that we can approach you with boldness without being held back by the things that weigh us down. God, we accept your cup. We accept your blood. We are yours, God. tithes and offerings now you know giving God a portion of the earnings that he has given us anyway in the first place is the way that we tie our hearts back to his kingdom so let's pray for that Father thank you that you are our source that everything we have is from your hand and God we offer it back to you we give it back to you Lord Take our offerings, take our tithes and do miracles, Lord. Do your kingdom work. Your kingdom come, your will be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven.